say I had the two main pieces of the Detroit Red Wings and Washington Capitals 2021 trade deadline trade. Both one being in the minors and the other one being a healthy scratch on Sunday. That was crazy. Yeah, that was not on my bingo card. Nope, not 2023 already off to a hot start. Uh, and as you know, as we were just talking about before, Grant, sorry about the Lions. It's fine. All right. We love James and Williams, the- though. And we ended the Packers season, so. That is true. That is true. Honestly, we're just looking up. It kind of gave me vibes of, like, the Sharks playing the, was it the the, the Knights last year? Yeah. Of just, like, this is this is our Super Bowl. That was good stuff. I did like the Lions post. It's a lot like, different than that. The Sharks are in Bedard territory, and the Lions are an actual good football team. I know. I know. And again, I know you're bringing up the uh, St- Matt Stafford's wife's tweet uh, retweet of how the Lions don't even have to play and they get hosed. Um, definitely funny. I do like the fact that they ended Aaron Rodgers, po- po- probably possibly his career. So that's you know that's something to hang your hat on. Yeah, I love that. But this isn't a football podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Production Line Podcast, where we talk Detroit Red Wings. I'm one of your hosts, Garth Wickham. Sadly, Grant Wickham. And Andy, what a mood! Jesus, tough, Jesus. Tough, tough Monday, tough Monday for Grant. Grr. Tough Monday. We're we're here to play through it though. Um, plenty of news to get to. Um, three games to recap, and talking some big storylines. The Red Wings have lost three straight, and there's a lot of optimism in the season. Again, I should. I think it's more of a you know a fallback to reality though. I think a lot of projections, if you looked at like Money Puck, The Athletic, et cetera, like their Red Wings are like 85 point team. If you look at the point percentage right now, I'm, I think that they're come out to be about an 85 point team. And considering all the injuries, I don't think it's that bad. You know, I think they're actually kind of overperforming. It's just we saw signs and it's just kind of frustrating of how they've been losing. You go into all three games this week, I really think they're very similar. I know the scores say otherwise, but if you look at it, special teams screwed us. Poor special teams. Even strength game was actually pretty solid. Not really the issue. And it all kind of comes down to the power play, which I think went one for, I think, 14 in this stretch. I think probably it could have been worse than that. I'm kind of pulling that out of my ass real quick. They only scored one power play goal, though, in these three games. I know that for a fact. But... It kind of comes back to our conversation last week about star power. The Red Wings don't like, again, I was talking, I forgot who I was talking to, but I was talking in the sense of during the Toronto game, whenever the Leafs top guys got the puck, the Red Wings were literally, oh shit. Like Matthew or Matthews or Marner got the puck. They were, oh shit. What do we do? Yeah. Puckered right up. There's, I don't think there's a Red Wings. There's not a player on the Red Wings roster currently that that you have that effect when they have the puck. No. Um, but yeah, starting with the Devils game, five one loss, <laughs> down five nothing. I know it's been a recipe for success uh, a couple weeks ago, but uh, not this time. It kind of got ugly quick because I, I, I remember talking Grant. I know we were talking for sure about it. The first period was pretty solid, and then it just kind of fell apart. Yeah, a collapse, and a lot of it has to do with special teams. It's just yeah. been a almost a killer for them lately, which was the complete opposite in the beginning of the year. 
yeah, uh, it was much improved. Like it wasn't like great. It was mid mid table, but for that team, like, that's all I really needed. That's what I think that was our goal of going into the year. I think I I think I asked for like a top twenty power play. I wasn't even asking for that much. Top twenty power play and like a pretty decent PK with Buchner coming in. Uh, very much has not been the case. I think the PK the past month as like running at a 66%. That's pretty good. Horrendous. Well, yeah. And that started as like one of the best ones in the league. Also, they were the last penalty kill to get scored on this year. Yeah. That last, and then that aged like milk. Definitely. It's pretty good though. So, I mean, that's probably not the best comparison. What's that? I said milk age is pretty good though. That's not the best comparison. Uh, what milk are you drinking? And also, like, how I, I'm worried about your health. <laughs> like, how long are you leaving stuff in the fridge? I don't know. It just grows stuff in it. It's really not that bad for you. Like it's, yeah, like, it's it adds a little... There's something extra to chew on. It comes out. It's a little... It's like Yeah. It makes a little weird clunking sound as it comes out. <laughs> it's pretty, tastes pretty good, though. Yeah, I don't judge. <laughs> Has a cottage cheese-esque look. Oh, yeah. stop. Stop. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, we're off the rails. We're off the rails. I mean, Raymond scored. This is the one power play goal. And I'm sorry, but like most power, like if you score a power play goal off the rush, that's never like, that's not a good thing. I don't think. What do you mean? That goal was off the rush. Like Larkin broke bad, in. Not a bad he, thing. But like you, you want to, it doesn't, it's not indicative of a good power play though. Like they didn't no, set but... up. It's not. It's never a bad thing to score off the rush. Does that give you the time and space to do it? Why not do it? I know. I know you, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm. I'm still saying like they didn't score while setting up and stuff because I can't set up. with zone time possession. Oh my god, their zone entries are horrid, horrid. I can't stand it. It's. I'm. I want to gouge my eyeballs out a little bit sometimes. It's very frustrating. Like they were okay. Like that was definitely their weak point, but they were winning a lot of faceoffs. Now they're just losing faceoffs, not gathering pucks, and then it gets iced. It's tough, tough right now. Um, Vili Huso as well. Like he's definitely the past couple of weeks he's looked human, which I mean, again, wasn't realistic to expect him to keep posting insane numbers when he's again like you're the penalty kills leaving him out to try big time. I, I'm trying to think right now, like off the top of my like I, he did get scored five in a row. I'm trying to remember all the goals specifically. Yeah, the two the two power play goals that off both off Hamilton's stick were not his fault whatsoever. The Jack Hughes one, the fifth one, the kind of the dagger, that one probably could have made a maybe a better play on. But overall, again, tough to really point fingers, but you would have liked to, you know, maybe an extra save here or there. But again, the Red Wings still their special teams are the ultimate reason they lost. Not and again, them out at all. No. And you go to Florida, you go get or Florida comes in Friday, and it's kind of the same story again. Three two loss, so a lot better on paper, but not taking advantage of a power play and a team that's been stutter like stuttering. Like it's they're not they're not good. And Aaron Ekblad scores two power play goals, and you don't convert. I think they went over five that game, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, uh, I I forgot to mention Robbie Fabry was returned as well against New Jersey. Um, what do you guys think about Fabry's return? I thought Fabry was fabulous. That was very unintentional, but I thought he was really good. And then I thought he was again really good against Florida. 
he's been a spark that the Red Wings haven't had. And yeah. his physicality has been very much appreciated too. Um I don't, I don't know. He's been a bright spot in a when there's not much bright coming in. It's pretty it's pretty dark in here. Yeah. Andy. Yeah, his the one thing that jumped out jumped out to me was his physicality. <clears throat> um he wasn't like was it two three ACLs, right? But two in the same, obviously. And he comes right back and just starts laying the body like he would, which was nice. And he said that he wouldn't like let that fray him from playing his game. So it was a good spark to have. He, yeah, who did he lay out? Was Anton Lundell, L- right? Lundell, yeah. Twice. Like, twice. twice. Yeah. Oh. yeah. My only question him. about all that is after that happens, how does that just not make the bench erupt? And yeah. just completely swing the game. The Florida shouldn't even had a chance to come back in that game, or like to even compete in that game for at least the next ten minutes until something big happened. There was none yeah. of that. Yeah. Red still looked dead after that. Like it, it was Honestly, just... you know what I think happened? I think the Red Wings got a power play, and it killed momentum. I can't even remember. I can't remember either, but I feel like I'm right. I could fact check myself, but I I know the hit was like kind of early in the first. The two hits. It was like one yeah. of his first shifts. One thing I did notice about Fabry, he kind of had like the, the crazy legs his first couple shifts. The mm-hmm. sense that he looked really his, nervous. <laughs> he was all over the place. First shift looked like he was scared to do anything. And then at the bitter end of his first shift, he finally got the puck. And then like two guys couldn't, get, couldn't even get the puck off him. And I was like, yeah, that's Fabry. <laughs> if he had any competent finisher, like on he passed it to Sunquist both times. And if he had any competent finisher, uh, he would have yeah. had two assists. Legit, he set him up perfectly. Then not Sunny. That's just not Sunny's game, unfortunately. But uh, no, Fabry. I I'm super again, super happy with. He got to he got his first goal against Florida, which was really cool. Nice little shot again at the end of the game. Ah, I buried the lead. Two elite Red Wings legends returned to, returned in the Florida game. Mark I actually, Stahl, thought, I actually noticed Giovanni Smith had a pretty darn good way. Oh, uh, he had an assist. I was literally right. saying, I'm like, I'm like, he's gonna do something tonight, and he, he did. Was st- stringing together some pretty good shifts there. I was happy for him. I am happy for him too. I will never like again. I'm not holding anything against him. He, it seemed like he got sent down, and I kind of felt as if it was kind of like a organizational thing of rec- recognizing, like, hey, you could play in the NHL. Like, let's try to find you somewhere. I like that. And again, I just don't. There was just no more fit in Detroit. No, no, and it's fine. Man, he's he's a fun player to watch when he's playing his game, and he's he got, got confidence. He got close to eleven minutes or twelve minutes, I think. Oh, good for him! I didn't even see that. Not wrong sure. either, which was, which is way more than what he's but probably almost close to double what he would have got or what he's probably. gotten in Detroit. I think like the couple games he played in Detroit this year, he was around like the seven eight minute mark. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. almost about yeah. about. Yeah, he's just such a he was an interesting player always. In the sense of he had like some skill, he played better higher in the lineup. But then when he actually played his role, it wasn't great. Yeah. Um. But no, I'm I'm happy for him. Truly, and he gets to be close to his brother, which is kind of neat. Actually, no, his brother's in Syracuse. Never mind. Don't listen to me. <laughs> Don't listen to me. I'm wrong. But uh, he gets to hang out with his old buddy Stalzy. True. Which is fun. I did like that they got a little uh, ovation from the crowd, which is neat. Again, Mark Saul, we we looked at that trade as uh, 
pure cap dump and he's going to be this bum to he's actually he was actually pretty useful bottom pair defenseman yeah he kind of rejuvenated his the tail end of his career a little bit like yeah he was he was a healthy scratch with the rangers for the longest time so they ended up uh, earning earning a couple couple schmill with the red wings and then uh and then another contract to, in florida down to south florida yeah good for him yeah gotta love it gotta love it um I, I, other than the only other storyline i can poke out of this game is uh Bobrovsky just goes absolutely insane whenever he plays the Red Wings. Like he's garbage any other time, but don't worry, he's like a nine forty in his career against the Red Wings. Yeah, that lar- that save on Larkin was crazy. Was that the one that he was in close and he just stoned him? Yeah, the Flashed one the one handed pass yeah. from Ras was nuts. Yeah, yeah. it was he's a great play. More, he's one of the more bizarre goalies out there. Oh, bad. easily, easily. So strange. It's Some, one... Sometimes he literally looks like he is the best goalie in the league. And then the next game, he looks like he is, um, who's a good comp? David, Dave Riddick. Hey, Dave Riddick that... is, is my, he's my. Man. Hey, the Red Wings could be playing against Dave Riddick tomorrow. So Dave Riddick is my, if you're going to gamble on a hockey game and Dave Riddick is in the net, you always take the over. That is my only advice to anyone that gambles on sports. If Dave Reddick is playing goalie for any team, does not matter who, you take the over. That's Sorry, right. Dave. Sorry, Dave Reddick, if you are an Watch listener. him now pitch a shutout against the Red Wings tomorrow. You jinxed us. And Gagne coming back tomorrow, too. Oh, man. Love gags. The over is going to did... be like eight and a half because everyone's going to be hammering it because of my <laughs> advice. Vegas is tuning in. It's going to be a 2 two nothing shutout. One of the goals being an empty netter for Winnipeg. It's going to be the most boring game. Rick Bonus and Rick Bonus will be pumped. Riddick's going to score the second goal. <laughs> <laughs> That's very possible. Oh, my God. Who would have thought the first goal on the first goalie goal on Little Caesars Ice wasn't Alex Nedelkovich? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Cares. A Dave Riddick goal. That would be nuts. Oh my god. That's funny stuff. No, uh, also in this game, uh Jonathan Bergeron starting off the scoring too. Nice redirect. Uh again, Ben Sherat point shot. Uh he's pretty good at that, honestly. I think we said that at the beginning, like when he got signed. As being a pretty good shot from the point. There's been a couple points where he's actually generated some offense and it's resulted in goals for him. Yeah, I've noticed noticed that like watching him more this year than when he was in Montreal that he's kind of toning it down. Because before when he was in Montreal, sometimes he just let it rip and he didn't know where it was going. Like it was unpredictable. Yeah. yeah this year he's kind of – and I think Gar- Grant actually brought that up at one point when we were talking. Maybe not on the podcast, but we are talking about him just amongst ourselves. Right. But, uh, but he, yeah, it's getting a little bit more – toned in or zoned in toned down yeah in the offensive zone defensive exactly. zone defensive zone still uh is to He's be yeah yeah i think i the, jay fresh had this tweet today that he or was dom decision posted uh more at cider's chart versus jack hughes because i don't know i'm sure it starts off with red wings fans that seems fun whatever more cider i guess in his model is not having a great year um, but then Jay Fresh tweeted something of like how Siders had been stuck has had to be stuck with Sherrod all year, 
And he compared when he's like, when people call Ben Sherrod a stay-at-home defenseman, they live in a world where <laughs> it is legal for someone to go chase someone out of their property yard with a stick or something <laughs> like that. Like so, something along those lines. It's very funny. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely a with Sherrod, he's kind of getting what you're expecting. But um, yeah, so that was kind of the Florida game. And you go to into Toronto on a back-to-back. Uh, Hellberg starts. And this game looked really promising the first period. Uh, the Red Wings held the, the Leafs to only two shots, and one of those shots came right at the buzzer, so you could argue that it was only one shot. And it was from the corner. Uh, Jake Wallman scored on a breakaway out of the box, which was pretty fun. Uh, no gritty this time, though. No, Yeah, thank no God. Gritty. Thankfully. <laughs> I Thankful. sent you guys that he, he like they like made a montage of like him doing like the gritty and like ESPN oh, talking about it and stuff. It was kind of it was kind of funny. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but no, it was pretty cool for him being a hometown kid scoring right in front of the right in front of the crowd there. Uh, the box. I'm sure there was a bunch of tickets. He had a comp and pretty cool that he had a, he had a big game. I thought he was arguably Detroit's best player. That game. Yeah, he played big. Like I said, his he's getting the chances and he's making the most of it lately. For the like, for the most part, you know, obviously there's some yeah. flaws, but you know, yeah. And then the rest of the game kind of goes my point later. It's just uh, the Red Wings got out, they got outstarred, outclassed. Yeah. Yep. They uh, special teams again, weird. Another thing. Uh, again, their penalty kill is pretty decent. I mean, eighty percent, stopped four to five, and the power play goal they allowed was a weird bounce from behind the net. Like it was a shot wide by Matthews that bounced to the other side, and Marner was mm. back door. Again, yeah. hard one. Like I don't know. There's nothing you really do about that one. It's just luck of the bounce. We uh, had that. We had that to our advantage in the Joe for how long? So, yeah, I, I you know it's <laughs> actually it's just how like the hockey world works. This is some karma coming back our way. Exactly. Um. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm trying to remember the other. I I know Pontus Holmberg scored. Timmons. And... No, Timmons scored, scored against Philly. That wasn't against. Oh, that's right. He, that's he right. didn't even play against. Tonight. Yeah, yeah, he didn't even play yeah. against Detroit. Oh, it was um Tavares. Yes, that one was Schrott's fault. Schrott got lost in his coverage. Like I said, he got caught watching and floating, and Hronik was kind of left on a weird two on one, and Tavares made Helberg look like a minor league goalie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And another, it was an empty net or whatever to finish the game. So, uh, definitely a another game where. A, Again, special teams, star power, et cetera, et cetera. Not a, not a great week. It definitely dampers where you look at the Red Wings as a whole. I think they're they're now they're they have thirty nine points in thirty eight games. Uh, when their win percentage being uh five no no hold on point five one three, doing that off the top of my head. Excuse me. And twenty third in the NHL currently. I mean, by points percentage, they'd be twenty second. So not much better. Firmly in the Connor Bedard race right now, which I, honestly right now after World Juniors, is that a bad place to be? No. And I'm going to say no. Fine. I will settle for Leo Carlson. I, or Adam Fantilli. I will yeah. also settle for either of those two. <laughs> Edward Chalet as well. You know, he's supposed to get like six. It's fine. Again, I, I, this draft looks pretty nasty. But no, it kind of just goes into the season and where the Red Wings are at. It's kind of a... Is this kind of what we expected? Like, looking at it now. It's what we should have expected. I think uh, 
when you put those red wing glasses on, uh, you probably expected a little bit more. But given the injuries and everything else that has gone along by what they have had to play with and who they've had to call up for the majority of the year, I think it's fine. I wouldn't say it's good or bad. Yeah, I'd say it's meh. I think I think what's bugging me the most, and again, I think I'm at the point this year where I'm just looking for again. I don't know. Don't call me like me giving up because I still I root for the Red Wings to win every game. But I'm kind of at the point where losses don't bug me as much, which is yeah. fine. Again, I think it's a natural <laughs> point for most people. Uh, but I'm looking for good storylines. I'm looking for like oh great, Joe Valeno at two points tonight. Lucas yeah. Raymond scored a couple goals. I'm looking for progression of players who are going to be here for a while. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, Cider getting his game back. Jake Wallman continuing to look really good. Billy Huso having a good night. Like, that's great. And that's Bergeron what I'm producing. Bergeron producing. Red Wing. Yeah. What's that? Nothing. It's <laughs> a team of Meyer to be a Red Wing. <laughs> team of Meyer to be a Red Wing. Again, it's just, it's all in there. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. and Connor Bedard on the first line. Stop it. And not in San Jose. <laughs> Travis Connecty. Travis connecting, flagging on the other side. We're just having a whole new line. Yeah. I don't know why I thought of Connecty right away. I, I the first name popped in my head. Anyway. It's yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. Anyways, go there. I don't it doesn't matter. Yep. So yeah, it's it's a little bit it's disheartening. But like again, you look at what's more so concerning to me is how the special teams have just fallen off a cliff. Yep. Andy, what are your thoughts? Uh, I don't know. It's like, in the, I'm in the in-between, like, yeah, I wish we were doing better, but at the same time, like you, like you mentioned and Grant just mentioned, like with all the fill-ins from the rosters with injuries, we're not in like the worst spot we could be in either. It's just my concern and I don't know, like my thing that I don't like, I guess, is again, I've said it like the last couple, about the last couple seasons where there's games where we're absolutely all buying in and into it. And there's other games where I feel like the product on the ice isn't like great to watch or isn't fun to watch when that's concerning. Um, yeah. I, I really don't care. Like at this point of the season, like I don't care if you, know, if you lose really, I do, but like, you know what I mean? But as long as you're out there competing and giving your all and putting, like trying to put a good product on the ice and performing well, that's what I really care about. Like I want I want the wings to be in the games, like and be excited about the games. And if we lose, we lose. It doesn't really, you know, it's not the end of the world. I guess and my next Okay, go ahead. Sorry. There, I was just saying, like the last definitely two out of the last three games for majority of each game, we have not put a good product on the ice, I feel like, performance wise. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with that. Um I guess my question is like moving forward, like looking into next year, because again, I think that's a natural view for people because again, we're looking at contention window and when players are players are gonna reach their potential, all that. What do we expect to change then with relatively like if you're looking on paper, kind of a similar roster going to next year with players under contract? Aside from Larkin and Bertuzzi, which I mean we can speculate on those as well, because again, depending on where you guys feel the direction is like how do you guys feel? Because again, right now, like let's say we brought everyone back, like what do you expect to be different? Where there would be improvement? 
Not a whole lot. You just hope for pro- progression. Yeah. Nothing, nothing is going to move the needle with this team. Like the players that are, yeah. Like the players that are getting a chance this year, like you hope to continuously see them progress throughout the next year. And the guys, like, I don't know, maybe like a couple people on the back end change ends and a couple of different spots up front. But like it's going to be, it's probably going to be another season like this, hopefully a tad bit better. A couple big steps or a couple steps in the right direction. I mean, it's you know, a bit better. It's still out of the playoffs. Right, but it's you still have a young core, like a young, a lot of prospects in the lineup right now. With I, not, I guess not my, a whole lot of experience as of right now. I guess kind of my point is, is like we kind of alluded to this like last episode, is you kind of need to make your bed with a big move. Yeah. One way or the other. Or either stocking up draft capital and you're kind of still like, all right, we're rebuilding, like we're, in a, we're building around Sider, we're building around Raymond. Or you're, again, I'm still banging the drum, I'm sorry, but Timo Meyer. You're going after a Timo Meyer-esque player who is a, again, he's a star winger, this season at least. I mean, is that sustainable? Who knows? But you need to make moves to where you're, okay, now we can com- compete because right now, or we're now pushing for the playoffs. So right I, now it's... It all just goes back to my comparison, like that I think like this Red Wings can be a mold of a, a Carolina Hurricanes. And that's a it's a a good team. Mm-hmm. Their pieces up front and on the D are just better. They're built better. Yeah, like they're at a point where they don't have to worry about who's in goal because everyone's so defensively sound, and their forwards are good enough to score enough goals a game to win. Like they are a dominant NHL team. I just the Red Wings aren't at the point where. They have enough firepower up front. Like, like their best player is Sebastian Ajo. The Red Wings don't have a Sebastian Ajo. Yeah, Dylan Larkin's your closest piece. And he's not Sebastian Ajo. Exactly. No, I would say he's like in a similar tier, but he's not He's not it there. I, I would put Ajo a little bit above Larkin, but yes. I said similar tier. Similar tier. And then Martin Natchez has Svechnikov. developed into... A player, and that I mean, he's the type of player that you want your young guys to start developing into. I mean, it's a it's a big ask, but, but you're, you are off, looking for a yeah. a player to break out, like a Bergeron or Raymond, to kind of break yeah. out. And like this is the year. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I completely agree because then you have multiple pieces. Because he he took some time too. Yeah, I, I mean, there's points last year they were talking about trading him. I thought, and I'm not talking like that. These guys are so much better than the Red Wings players. They're just more ready to be in that situation. I I don't know. I view them as a similar kind of team mold or possibly team mold. There are a few steps down that uh, or a few more steps up the ladder of progression than exactly. our player that our players at there. And I would say they have they have quite a bit better pieces too. I don't know. Yeah. I, I would say like a team of minor move would move the needle. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at too. Because again, I mean, you look at like players that have progressed this year. I mean, Jake Wallman's been really impressive. I've really loved his game. And again, like it's just depth pieces outperforming their what we thought their position would be. I kind of view Jake Wallman as kind of like a Siegenthaler 2.0. Stylistically different, but you look at like how they broke out and like how they kind of came about, like kind of both being throwaways to kind of finding a role and like this is it like Jake Wallman kind of like seems that he's 
he's gained the trust of the coaching staff in Detroit, and he's playing top pair minutes, and he's earned, he's earned it. it. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a decent comparison in that sense. Like, yeah, it was if I'm not mistaken, sense. Siegenthaler was like a he was acquired for like a fourth round pick from Washington. Yeah, for for New Jersey, and he turned out to be great. He's a very good yeah. shutdown defenseman. Um, yeah, yeah. Considering like he wasn't even like the even close to the main piece in that trade, that's a great return. Like already that if it was just Walman for Letty straight up, that'd be a great trade. My opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um. Also, like Bergeron season so far. Again, like we we're talking about. You talk about like roster moves and all that. Like Soderblom was sent down on Sunday. And Bergeron's totally earned his spot after being sent, the guy who was sent down initially. And you kind of look at him and you're like, oh, maybe he's he's really a top, top six piece. Maybe. Yeah. He's um, another light in this dark place that I'm in right now. Um, I am... No pun intended as you're in a black room. <laughs> Literally. Um, no, he's he's been really, really good. That's um one very exciting piece that could potentially be a big, a massive win from Ken Holland. Yeah, I mean, I I, I should credit more so Hakan Anderson, but yeah, Ken Holland did ultimately. He, he's him and Tyler Wright did pull the trigger on that. A rare Tyler Wright W, if you will. <laughs> and and Joe Valeno. And Joe Valeno. Sorry, Philip Sedino. Even even though it's like. For how often we ragged on him last year, especially me, I didn't like him at all. <clears throat> With Rasmussen steps this year too, throughout his whole game. Yeah, he's been great. I, he, he, you, he's you he's made a point. big jump. That's another. That's another positive. Yeah, I agree. He's, and he's the... night in and night out. Last year, you knew you couldn't really rely on him. It'd be the odd, and until the last stretch of the game, the season actually, because his last what 10, 15 games were pretty solid. Uh, I would um, even say more like 20. Like basically the yeah. new, as soon as that video came out of him being like, yeah, what's your yeah. new year's resolution? <laughs> he's like to be a better at hockey. Yeah. <laughs> he, he really like stuck Excuse with me. it. You know, most yeah. people, you know, get the monthly gym membership and they go for the first week, but uh, Rass stuck with it. I'll give him it. Yeah. And then it transferred into this year. And I'd say a solid 80 to 85% of the games. I've been way more impressed this year than I was with them last year. I agree, hundred percent. And that's yeah. both at center and wing. Like he's yeah, he's stepped I, into center pretty decently this year, compared I, especially compared to last year. I think he's a bottom six center, but he's a he's a middle six winger. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So kind of again, kind of a little it's a little negative right now, but again, I think it's to be kind of expected. Uh, just it, the team's not there yet. I don't think. I I think they're. <laughs> Their odds are basically of making the playoffs are about the same as what they have picking Connor Bedard. So take that as what you will. Let's ride. Um, let's ride. <laughs> let's ride. Um, yeah. So I guess in the kind of just moving put, in, at least at least that puts a smile on my face. Thank you, Connor. <laughs> I mean, how can you not? After did you see his first game back in the WHL? Yeah. What was it? Four <laughs> goals, two assists, thirteen shots. That's not even that good though. Like. <laughs> 93 points in 37 games. <laughs> Comical. Comical. Uh, He's you know insane. What? Embrace the tank. Honestly, kind of at this point, I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of there. Ben, Ben. 
I'll stop. I'll stop. I'm still rooting. I'm still rooting, guys. I'm sorry. Maybe the whole plan was for the Red Wings to never get lottery luck, so they could eventually build up to this point where they're like fringe, like top ten draft team, and they just luck out and win the lottery when they're like. Well, you see, Steve Eisman's gonna walk in to the draft lottery. He's gonna hold Gary Bettman at gunpoint. He's like, listen, listen, fucker. First overall, or or else you will lose all this revenue. Like. Come on. True. Connor Bedard doing original six team. True. And not being the Chicago Blackhawks, because God, I will I that will I will burn my eyes out. Is this part of a televised or no? Well, no, no, no. It's before the shooting. Like again, oh. you, know, you know how the cards are already set. Yeah. So you know, you kind of have to you kind of have to get them before. Steve shows up like an hour early. Oh okay. yeah. that makes more sense. I was a little confused. For for legal reasons, this is a joke. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> moving just, forward. I just had to put that out there. I just had to put that out there again. Um, let's talk about Verona. Let's talk about Verona. Uh, we we put out the episode. Like, luckily, I mean, we were recording the day he got he got put on waivers. Uh, he since cleared. I think that like to. I mean, unless you guys feel any different, it didn't really surprise. Like that's not really a surprise to us. No, uh, not a surprise. But like we were texting our group chat. Um. The day of, like, where it was announced if he cleared or not, he got more nerve wracking towards that two o'clock hour. Yeah, just it was eerie feeling. It um, was a little bit eerie feeling, and the the aftermath has been kind of interesting. Um, Veron has now played six games in the minors. He's got one assist. Uh, still, by all accounts, doesn't look like he's up to game shape. But there have been a couple of reports. Uh, Frank Saravelli on the Daily Faceoff live show. He report he kind of said on the show that he feels as if the relationship is broken between the Red Wings and Verona. Um, which kind of like like after like this came after Chris Johnson saying on insider trading that he he heard from a source close to Verona saying that he's ready to he's ready to get going in the NHL again. When all accounts is he just got sent down for to play more AHL games. So obviously there's some sort of conversation not happening and there's a miscommunication yeah there's a disconnect somewhere there i don't think i'm speculating too much there i feel like that's fair to say anything more than that i think it is speculative um but it's definitely a weird time for it kind of feels like the inevitable inevitable is kind of going to happen like it doesn't feel like this ends in a way that verona is wearing a Red Wing jersey. Again, I'd love to be wrong. Again, when he was playing for the Red Wings, he was fantastic. One-dimensional, sure, but he, that one dimension, he was great. So it's kind of weird. It feels weird. It, I, I, guess, yeah. I guess that's my best way of summing it up is I, I feel weird right now. Don't, yeah, it's like I don't know how to feel like about it, I guess. At the like, very I least. Wanna, I want ahead. him in a Red Wing sweater because what he brings offensively. But if there's some disconnect between the organization and him, the team and him, we don't know exactly the full details on that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Then and if it's not the right fit, we can't just let him sit in the minors either and just nope. in our organization for no reason. Yeah, it's not fair to him either. It's, uh, yeah. The very least, like anyone saying like there's this pure and again, I, I still like part of me still feels as if it's simple as they don't want to get him more time like conditioning. Fine, but at the very least, like if they view him as a top, like if you view a player as your top six piece, you don't send him through waivers regardless. 
No. You, he get- you are you are sending someone through waivers if you are prepared to lose the player. You yep. are not sending someone down to the minors just to get him more more conditioning. That's just not a thing. Yeah. If and I think really a piece that you believe in that you want there, he you are not. It's just I'm sorry. I I don't know. Yeah, I guess you kinda like I know very very different situations, but they avoided it with Nelkovich. They've done the two week conditioning stint. There's they obviously scared to lose him. Correct. So I like obviously they could have easily just put him on waivers. And honestly, like I, I still feel that Nelkovich would have cleared. Yeah. Personally, think, that's my that's my. Opinion. I think he would have too, but that one would have been fishy as well. Again, but like kind of similar, like not like similar well, situation even... personal level, but similar situation in terms of hockey. I guess like one hadn't played in forever, and the other one was playing not good. Yeah. Well, even so, like with putting Verona through waivers, like if you valued him as a top six forward, I'm sorry, but like Bergeron or Soderblom or both would have been sent down. After it kind of, it kind of in this you know kind of I mean? like it seems like Bergeron's kind of taking the opportunity. He's like, all right, I'm here. Exactly. And the Red, and the Red Wings are like, all right, cool. Right. Like we where, like what you, where, we like. If Verona was valued that high in the organization's viewpoint that I'm Bergeron would have been probably the odd man. Well, Soderblom obviously now, but Bergeron would have been to follow, I feel. Yeah. So it's kind of a, it's definitely at the very least it's weird right now. And it's yeah. obviously like all eyes are towards the trade deadline. And I kind of feel like something will happen by then Timo. in this situation. <laughs> Timo. Um, that, was, that wasn't me that said at that time. And <laughs> I should, I should, I should, I should mention that um, all by all accounts, Verona is being a good like he's been great down there, like in terms of like off ice and stuff like that. Like there's like I guess he signed autographs after one of the games and was like really great about it. So again, kudos to him, and I hope he does like for the for his mental health. I hope that he's able to bounce back and become an NHL player. But again, it kind of like it feels as if this might be the end of the line in Detroit. I think there's no question that he's gonna be back in the NHL. He's yeah. way too much of a talent. He's a freak. He's such a good hockey player. I think it's just it's an odd situation that is pretty hard to speculate on right now. And it's just pretty uncertain. It's um, it's also a hard one to swallow as a Red Wings fan because of the excitement we had from him coming in. Yeah, and you look at the trade as well, it's like, oh, we fleeced Washington, right? Yeah. And I know it's not really fair to throw that on Verona being like that's like again, personal things happen. It's not really fair to be like, okay, now the trade isn't as good. But right. Now, it's yeah. just how every just how everything's unfolded. It's like, ah, well, son of a yeah. son of a gun. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I, I obviously want to emphasize again, like I hope he's doing well and I hope he's able to yeah. continue get, find his game again. Um yeah, as we as I kind of mentioned in there early, like a little bit too, is Nidalkovich's game. Uh they did just extend his conditioning stint for another three games. So the full two weeks. And I think this is like another, like they want to see a longer sample size of him playing well, which I mean, or the Griffins just want to win. <laughs> that's also a really good point. Cause again, Alex and Alex, which has been fantastic down there. Well, and um, the Griffins goaltending has not been good. Right. So I think his, his records two Oh and one, uh, he only allowed five goals and is rocking. Uh, I think it's like a 95% percentage roughly. Um, and two of those games, I should add, were against uh, the league's best Texas Stars. 
and do you pull out a win and a shootout loss? Pretty impressive stuff. Three yeah. points, almost a goal. Almost a goal he tried. I again I I love it. I love it. Good for him. And everything like Lalone's been saying has been we still fully trust Ned. And, and if he's like when he comes back, if he's still playing like this, he's hundred percent gonna have a shot in the net again. It's just I think you've kind of noticed the last umpteen weeks, whatever, uh, like month maybe, that Huso's starting to get some wear. Yep. I, I yep. believe he's been playing too much. I do and too. I think I think you need to find a way to trust another goalie. Yeah, and I think yep. Hel- Helberg's been fine. He hasn't been bad. He hasn't hurt you in any games, in my opinion. Serviceable. He hasn't stolen any games either. It would be cool to get Ned back to full. To the Ned that was really good last year. Mm-hmm. A consistent Alex Nedeljkovic. Yeah. It just so you can have someone to push Huso again and you take a little less. Because again, right now, like Huso, if you if he's str- sliding for like let's say three games, cool, you go to Ned for two straight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just something like that. Again, I still view Huso as the starter, but just to have someone backing him up that's like still very capable is, is definitely important, especially in today's NHL. Cause again, there's only like five or six goalies in the NHL where I'm like, you could start 60 games and you're fine. Yeah. The rest mm-hmm. of the NHL is just not built that way. I mean, look at UC Soros the other night. <laughs> what did he have? Like, was it 53 saves? Was it more? Yeah. And honestly, UC has been sur- struggling a little bit this year. Yeah. Um, Which sucks for him because I think he's literally, I've said, I still think he's been, I've been on record saying he's the best goalie in the league. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's arguably the most fun. He's my favorite goalie in the league to watch. Just how small he's like, he's, 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 he's a, a likable guy. He's a likable yeah. guy too. Him and Vomelka are probably my two oh, the two best goalies in the league. Love Vomelka. Me too. <laughs> is that the, is he in uh, Arizona? Yeah, dude, Arizona could get a haul. Yeah. He could, they could get a haul for him if they really wanted. Probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like again, you kind of want to have like him as a selling point, like for the team still being in like in games, right? But you could get so much for him. I think he's a starting Probably. goalie. I think he's a starting goalie on many contending teams. I agree. But, anywho, yeah. So that's kind of it. Like I'm, I'm happy for Ned, and I think I'm really curious how they'll run the goalies this week because again. It's Winnipeg on t- uh, tomorrow, Tuesday. Thursday's Leafs, and Saturday is Columbus. I'd imagine that like Halberg probably gets the Columbus start. That's what I would like to see. Yeah, like I want to see. I want. I'd like to see Huso against Toronto again. Admittedly, depending how his game goes against Winnipeg, like if he gets shelled, then I'd rather him not. But again, if he plays a solid game, I'd like to see him again. But I kind of want to see Helberg again. And you kind of make that tough decision in goal. Because, again, it's time. Because Zadina, uh, I guess we can kind of get into practice as well. Zadina, they kind of hinted that it could be another week plus for him before he's ready to go for NHL action. Um, but Tyler Bertuzzi's back. That's what Ooh. prompted the Elmer Soderblom uh, sent down to Grand Rapids. Um, I did really like the Lions. There, I think we can kind of talk about those and what we like about the fits there. Um, first line back to you know, bread and butter. Uh, Bert Lark's fab or not fabs, excuse me, Raymond Rass, cop, 
Berggren, second line, Fabry, Valeno, Perron, and then Kubelik, Suter, Sonny. Like what? Like one of the, which one of those lines like sticks out to one of you guys? Um, yeah. I I would say I would I would say the Valeno line. I think this is a big credit to Joey V right now and giving him more opportunity. He deserves all the opportunity in the world right now. I know we've gave Bergeron his cookies, but it's Joey V season. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's I don't know how else to put it. It's 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 Joey V season. I was actually kind of like go ahead. And how Fabry looked like the last couple of games, I think him and Braun could possibly do some damage. And Joey V just has a speed. I believe they played together a little bit in St. Louis. So I like, I'm excited. I like I like that line. That was the line that stuck out to me too. Uh, yeah. Bergeron con- continues his top six time. I do like how Rass has been playing as well. Like as a guy of create, like be able to give space. And um, I'm curious how that line works. I'm like m- maybe the most skeptical about that one, but I can still see a fit. And then me too. Was, do you do you view that as more of a third line, right, or second? I, I view it as a, I view it as a middle six. Yeah, I guess. It's kind of how the teams ran. Yeah. Yeah. Um top line though, I'm I'm super excited to I'm glad that they're putting Burton like a position to succeed. It's like, hey, like we're gonna give you we're gonna give you your your line that worked really well last year. Hard let's not see to. It. Yeah, let's see it. Uh and then obviously the D pairs besides Lindstrom over Osterly, which again I haven't really loved Lindstrom this year. <sighs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of my mood as well. Yeah, the Redwings will have a decision to make uh between uh Hag or Lindstrom. That's the definition of a rock in a hard place. Yeah, that's yeah. the by by far the weakest link on this team is probably the sixth defenseman. I don't think so. Jordan Osterley's been very serviceable. I mean, I, I, I compare it to the forwards, though. I, I still think Jordan Osterley is the weakest link. I, I don't think he's been bad. He's been a major upgrade from what he was last year. Yeah, and and I've like never really. I guess I should be nicer. I shouldn't say it as the weakest link, but I would say that the biggest area to improve on would be the sixth defenseman. Or like, I guess, defense. I guess, I don't like. I guess I probably. I'm I'm reaching here because I, I guess when you look at it, Osterly, I haven't pointed him out in a bad way that often this year. That's kind of my other point. Than, is like he's just been steady Eddie. Other than when he makes like a a miss, like a behind someone pass, but like I mean, a lot of stuff happens all the time. But last year there were really issues with him making bad pinches and stuff, which I really haven't seen a whole lot of this year. No, he's definitely like calmed his game down more this year. Ben Schrott's been a, Ben, ben has been doing all of that. He's like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go nuts with the pinching. <laughs> But uh, no, I I agree. Jordan also I, again. I think I, he's been much better than either Hag or Lindstrom. So it's kind of like I don't know. I I get. I think alone pointed out whatever the last time Lindstrom got in over Osterley was just because he hasn't played in a while. So trying to keep Lindy fresh. But yeah. I don't know. There's a certain point where it's like your season's out of this point. Like you should just be icing your best lineup. And currently, I don't view Lindstrom in the best lineup. No roster move has to happen yeah. with Bertuzzi, right? Because they already sent down Elmer. They already sent down Elmer, and Zadina can be activated with a goal with a goalie. And then Hag's also at the similar timeline, so I kind of view Hag or Lindstrom being waived. 
because he'd make the decision on D, I would assume, right? Yeah, yeah. maybe that's how that Lundstrom's getting another rep. Maybe that's a good point. Mm. Again, either or, I really don't care. They're both yeah. kind of in a similar boat for me. They're Lindstrom's younger and is right-handed, so more value, I suppose. But I mean, he hasn't been great. He hasn't done. He hasn't really shown me much in the sense of like, let's keep you. Beginning of last year, he was fantastic. Like as a third pairing defenseman, I'm like, this is great. There might have been a podcast where we said he was better than Philip Peronic. There's a couple. <laughs> I actually said to, to be I, fair, we were saying he was playing better, not that he was better. Well, yeah. No, it's... I was I was campaigning for him in power play one. So I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I wanted him playing 26 minutes a night. Yeah, yeah. I the only thing I wasn't really a huge fan of is the power play, but I I mean I guess like nothing else is working. Like who cares? I didn't throw like some... the power play. I I didn't either, but like what bugs me the most is honestly Sunquist. Like he's been, in my opinion, he's been pretty weak recently. I haven't loved yeah. this game. I would have loved to see Joe Valeno over him on the power play, even or Rasmussen. I'll take either or. Yeah, that's uh, one. That's one question I've always had: is like, why hasn't Joey V had more of a luck on the power play? He had like four games, and he had two power play points, I believe. Yeah, which it's... which I know doesn't sound that impressive. But on the second unit and on a bad power play, that's pretty good. Right. He had that nice pass to Kubelik, I believe, on the Buffalo game. I don't know. I don't, I don't love the idea of trying to take, like, I don't know. I really wasn't a fan of any of these power play units, to be honest with you. Yeah. Honestly, okay, kind of go back a little bit. This past week was the worst I've seen David Prawn play in Red Wings jersey. Yeah. He was not good. And no. I don't know if he's dealing with something. It almost seemed like after he took that hit from Gudis in the Florida game, where he got need, and he was like, "I'm just gonna slash the shit out of you." And then he took a bunch. He took a couple dumb penalties. And it seemed like he his head was just focused on that for a while. And I'm I'm looking forward to getting it and getting back again. He's a veteran guy. I feel like it shouldn't take much for him to get back on track. But yeah, that's, that's actually. Not, I mean, he's been he's been solid all all year, most nights, and it, you know, it's there's gonna be a lull in the season, so. I almost really liked Fabry in that on um, in like the net front position when they had him there on that second unit. I'm almost like want him on a bumper. I would take that too, but like they had him in the net front at one point. I was like, he's moving his feet, like he's getting pucks out. I don't know. That was what I was thinking. I think Bert's great there. I, I think Bert's great there, but I again, hate Bergen at the bumper. That's kind of my that's where I'm at. Like I, don't I would do any like I wanted to flip him and Fabry or flip. Him and Larkin and put Fabry at the bumper. Larkin's done nothing on the power play. I don't know why. Yeah. It's I'd honestly flip. I'd flip probably. Nah, I'd keep Kubelik. Kubelik's a shooter. I'd probably keep Kubelik on the second. What, but I mean, he's, I flipping, thinking... he's flipping with Wallman, though, which is interesting. No. Yeah. That was weird. He was That's, alternating with Wallman. Uh, my, my, my thing is, like, I don't know. I Right now, like, you're really trying to generate something in the power play, maybe to spark Larkin, bump him to the second unit, put. Fabry and Bumper with Bert net front, Prawn on the half wall, Hironic on top, and then Bergen on the other flank. Yeah. Feeding Prawn. Yeah, that's true. And then Raymond, Larkin, Cider, Kubelik, and Joey V or Rasmussen. Yeah. Careless. Yep. I agree. Um, no. 
And like with Hironic, I've felt like he's been better this year in holding the point. But like my thing is like Cider always is able to create stuff because how well he holds the point. Yeah. And Philip Hironic, oftentimes it's just like the puck bounces over his stick or something. Granted, I still think he's been so good this year. Like I, I will stand to that. Even with Ben Chirot, like I was looking at the advanced numbers since they become a pair. Expect in terms of expected goals, they're they're actually doing pretty well. I think they're around like a fifty eight percent, which is pretty solid. <laughs> Slightly better than uh, Cider and Wallman. So promising. I haven't really noticed them getting besides like that the, the Tavares goal where Chirot got lost. I think they've been pretty okay. So, wasn't really not too worried about that. Um, but yeah, I am trying to think what else I kind of have like league wide. Um, Buffalo Sabres continue to be super fun. Yeah, they're yeah. wild. They're dominating right now. <clears throat> Speak of a team with star power. Holy Carson was yeah, talking. Carson's been talking about how I think in every game they've worn the black jersey, they've scored over five goals. Undefeated mm-hmm. as well, and obviously. undefeated as well. But they've scored. They've scored like five plus every game they've yeah. won. It. That Minnesota Buffalo game was crazy. <clears throat> well, when Tage Thompson's tonight. getting a hat trick, oh, are they wearing them tonight? I think they're losing three zero to Philly when they're wearing them tonight. So oh, tough, tough, man. Oh, that that aged real quick. <laughs> aged like age, uh, age like Grant's milk. <laughs> like call callback. Yeah, they are wearing them. That's awesome that you said. No, oh. no. Oh, I, oh no, I mushed them. That's on me. It's anyway, Atlanta. Rasmus, 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 Rasmus Dahlin needs to be in the All Star game. That's a fact. Yeah. How do you guys feel about the whole voting situation, like the All Star game as a whole? Like, do Just you kind of are you are you are you on towards the side here? I'm 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 towards. Yeah. Um, I will not. I will not watch a single event. Probably. I probably won't either. Yeah, they have really bored. They have like nothing that incentivizes me. And again, like Dylan Larkin being like again, I, sh- I should have mentioned as well. Dylan Larkin selected third All Star game. That's great. Um, I still just hate the setup. And like, if if it, if the setup were going to be like the NBA, like the true stars are playing, Dylan Larkin wouldn't be. He wouldn't be in the All Star game. Yeah, it's like it's like top sixteen scoring in the NHL. It's just like okay, like, like it's good, but it's not like NHL All Star. Yeah. I get like the NHL wants every team to be represented at the All Star Weekend. Like, I get that, but you're not putting your best players on the ice. It's the whole thing is like trying to get every market to watch. So, but I mean, again, yeah, like, I... If, you, if you're a weird market, like let's say like like who got sent Vegas, they could be an interesting team where they only get one player, like Logan Thompson. Like, are you a Vegas fan and be like, I'm gonna go watch Logan Thompson in the skills competition? Right. No. I think the Red Wings had with like Jimmy Howard one year was like their one their one representative. Remember when Franz Nielsen was the one representative? That was fun. Yeah. That was a good time. I I don't like to think about that, but here we are. Um, but like again, like going back to Buffalo, I mean, like how is Darlene and Thompson not in the All-Star game? Yeah, I don't know. It's Rasmus Darlene's na- he had five points. That one game five. He's insane. Well then Thompson Tage is scoring a hat trick every other game. Like he's at 31 goals, I think, this year. Yeah. Crazy. Jeff Skinner is playing like a first line forward. Alex Tuck yeah. is playing like a first line forward. Again, they're super so fun. good. I really so honestly good. I, I kind of hope that Buffalo makes playoffs. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. 
yeah, I mean, if it comes down to them and the Red Wings, obviously I want them and the Red Wings to win. But like the Red Wings right now, points percentage, goals, goal differential, don't look like they're that close to Buffalo. So there's my there's my thoughts. But yeah. Um I'm trying to think what else, uh, in terms of like league news. Am I missing anything? That, uh not nothing important, but like Blake Wheeler playing oh the my God, that testicle. Was, oh. <laughs> yeah, he's coming yeah, geez, coming to Detroit with a deflated balloon there. That's a yeah. tough one. Oh. I, I like I'm like the description, like when I heard it, I'm like, that's awful. I feel like I felt uh, sick to my stomach. I I felt the pain. I was like, oh my goodness. So I mean, good for like good good on him. Like he also came back a lot earlier than expected, I believe. The Winnipeg like, Jets had like game. they had he had they had four guys come back like the same night. It was like Ehlers, yeah. Con- it was Ehlers, Wheeler, and Perfetti. I think it was, and then someone else. Yeah, crazy. How many games? How, how many games has Ehlers played this year? Because he scored his first goal the other night. Was that his first like couple? That was games? like one of his first games. He he missed okay. most of the year. Okay, so I just, I just don't really pay attention to the Jets, so I like didn't know he was. They're out. good. They're good. Yeah. I just Connor, Hel- Connor Hellbuck's insane. Josh Morrissey. Josh Norrissey, I should say. Excuse me. Yeah. Insane. Uh, and then they just have a bunch of really good talent up front. Like Kyle Connor is great. Uh, Dubois, even though he wants to play in Montreal, playing pretty well. <laughs> um, Mark Shifley, kind of, play- he's somewhat attempting to play defense this year. Nice. Yeah. Good for them. Uh, yeah, they just have a lot of good pieces. And again, I'm really curious to see how they play against Detroit tomorrow. I think it's going to be a really good test for Detroit. Like a good Winnipeg team. I hope Fabry dummies Mark Shifley. That would be fun. That'd be fun. I don't like, I don't like Mark Shifley. The hockey nerd? Yeah, I just don't like how much of a crybaby he is. More Atlantic crybaby. Division news. The Canadians were booed off the ice after the first period. What was the score? 3-0 to Seattle. Ooh, okay, Seattle's on a fucking. Pick. Thank oh, you. Sorry, I was just no. <laughs> I was gonna say that he they're because again I, I think like if you look at points percentage like they just have to be like five hundred the rest of the year to yeah. just make the playoffs. That's crazy. Seattle's like who do they beat? Was it the Senators eight four the other night? Yeah, two Tim Schuster yeah, had a hat trick and they dumped yeah. the Leafs five one the other night. Yeah, they're great. Seattle's <laughs> Seattle's tear. good and they're a lot of fun. I'm happy for yeah. them. And you know who's resurgence? Who? That we love to see a guy that we had talked about quite a bit, Ely Tolvanen. Ah, um, yes, yeah, we. Did I don't know the resurgence if that's too quick to say, but I mean, he's probably had like five points in his last like seven games or something like that. Yeah, he hasn't played too many games in Seattle. He's kind of just started to come in. He scored tonight. He has did he score again points. tonight? Yeah, he has seven points. Oh, he has in Seattle. How many points does he have? Four points in his last five games. In Seattle, okay. Uh, wow. With Seattle right now, he's four and five. Yeah, pretty good. Because I think he was scratched for like two games, I think. Yeah, he scored against the Isles. And these are all with like 10 to 13 minutes. Scored against the Isles, assist against Edmonton, goal against the Leafs, and then he scored again tonight. I mean, look oh. at it as well. Like They have like Daniel Sprong. No, who's like... is, he's five and five now. Okay. I missed his assists today, too. You look at like Daniel Sprong or whatever. Like he plays fourth line. He has like twenty three points. Yeah, he scored right. today. He, he scored today. Now. he's crazy. He's, he's, 20, he's again. He's, he's twenty five and thirty one. Puts Jacob Vrana numbers in terms of like goal goals per sixty. Crazy yeah. stuff. Good for him. Uh, another thing too. I was watching the highlights of the Bruins uh, Ducks game last night. I don't know if you guys caught that, but did you see how the fans were dispersed in that game? 
it was all Bruins fans. So Pasta scored a hat trick and hats just went flying down. It was so loud in that place for that's the Bruins. The Do- that's how the Ducks are, though. Like, I feel like they never have fans there. Sad. No, like the Red Wings when they went when they played in Anaheim this year, like it was all Detroit fans. Yeah. yeah. So, what was with the cheers? Like, like they're cheering like Yankees suck or something like that. The yeah, because it's all they're all Boston fans. Oh, but that's just so random, though. It is random, but like it just shows how many people were there. It's kind yeah. of funny, like it's just how many people like in in Anaheim, California, that people are chanting the Yankees suck. Yeah, yeah, that's kind when of it's not star. even the primary sport they're watching. That's it's hilarious. <laughs> that's, that's, truly, that's what I mean. It was just like what hilarious. It was um, all over Twitter. It was all over Twitter and Instagram today. I was like, what? Okay. yeah, I don't get. I don't I really don't get the correlation, but like I understand Boston fans, but yeah, that's that's funny. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. But no, uh, pretty big week for the Red Wings. I'm curious how they bounce back and stuff. But uh, before we head out, I should mention uh, this episode is brought to you by ESPN Plus. Sign up today using insidetherink.com slash ESPN. Again, a lot of uh, out-of-market games can be watched on ESPN Plus. Uh, we're, we're all users and it definitely comes in handy. So make sure you guys check that out. But I'll do it for this one. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs>